Hello, this is Severin Henderson again with Department 3C Presents, a podcast. Still doesn't have a name. I'll come up, well, a good name. I'll come up with a name later on. Today, we're going to be doing an interview with one of our fine paramedics here in the city of Chicago. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? How you doing, Sev? Uh, I'm Vince Zittnan. Um, Like Severin said, I am a uh, paramedic with the city of Chicago. Okay, great. So as we start every show out, just a little basic outline, tell you about the outline, who, what, where, when, why. Oops, I forgot why on the last one. Why and how. So <laughs> that's why we learn as we go. So yeah, That's all right. So we, we got who you are, but tell us a little bit more about who you are, Vince. Um, I am um, I'm a tenure veteran of the department. Um, I work on uh, the west side of Chicago. And, um, you know, it, it's just uh, uh, something I got into and it kind of grabbed onto me and never let me go. Okay. So 10 years, that's a long time. And to especially be on the ambulance, that's, that's an accomplishment within itself. Well, I think like most uh, West Side medics who stay out there, it's more like uh, Stockholm syndrome, you know, or like <laughs> battered wife syndrome. I think, you know, you 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 get into that and it kind of stays with you, and it it it's it's hard to leave. It kind of right. gets in your blood, you know. It's, it's kind of hard to hard to let go, hard to not keep up with. Yeah. Um, that. So let's let's talk about our what now. What can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Well, I mean, you know, my. My basic role is, you know, a paramedic is um, really just uh, responding to EMS runs. Um, and where I'm at, uh, in particular, you know, I guess you could say we have a pretty um, big problem with heroin use. Yes. Uh, we, we have a lot of gang activity. So um, when you think about, you know, um, paramedicine on the west side, it's exactly what would come to mind, you know, the shootings the violence and, you know, uh, the drug overdose and everything, you know, in between. Okay. Well, that that brings me to the, the other question that I really want to ask, that I really want to get to, and I kind of saved this one for the end, but what you said just resonated with me so well. How do you deal with those issues, like, personally? How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, I think everybody has their own way of dealing with it. And, you know, hopefully somebody can find a positive way to deal with it. Um, I deal with it by being with, uh, people I love being with my family. I have an amazing son, Jax. Um, I'm able to get into outside activities like we're doing right now. Right. You know, this whole thing that we're doing right now, uh, was a passion project that turned out that I was able to share with other people. And, um, um, I think, uh, also a, a healthy way of dealing with that is just to get into some kind of fitness. Uh, we own a gym up on the North side called PSP Academy and that has kept me sane for a long time, okay. you know, being able to go out and, um, like take out, you know, aggression or just take out feelings out on a barbell or a dumbbell or, you know, doing some running, just, you know, getting your, your brain and body back together after, you know, uh, taking a beating for 24 hours. Right. I, I mean, I, I, that's about as healthy of uh, a way to deal with something like that as anybody can find. Well, that, that I love that, that you have a solution, that you have a plan. I, 
had some super issues about dealing with a lot of those issues of people that you're picking up and I sometimes I just feel them like more than I feel for them more than sometimes I feel like they feel for themselves so finding a good outlet for all of that trauma that you take in is is an awesome thing so yeah it's a slippery slope you know it and if you've for anybody who's ever worked in that environment you know it's not unreasonable to understand that how somebody might want to go into drinking or you know drug use or um you know any of the go down the you know uh the wrong side of that path it's it's completely understandable and you know hopefully what you're doing here can kind of shed some light on that and you know kind of help people who may be on the fence of you know how do i deal with this you know maybe they're they're listening to your show and be like oh you know here, here let's try this way you know, this seemed to help, uh, you know, Vince, let's, I'll give it a try, see if it helps. Because that's, like you said, that's that's kind of why I wanted to, that's what started me on my whole movement of trying to bring some sort of conversation. To me, everything starts with a conversation and not just communication and conversation, but comprehension. And like on the department, we had a lot of suicides for a rash and yeah, us and the police for absolutely like nobody can really put their finger on why why exactly but it just all of a sudden there just happened to be a like unprecedented amount of suicides on both sides of the the line there right and I'm a big why person why is this happening what can we do to help the situation ease the situation and like I was saying I I feel like the only thing to do is talk about it so I love your your explanation of what you do to kind of deal with stuff. Other people, they just are cool, they calm, they collect it, they got everything together. Things don't seem to bother them as much, but I know for me, I, I had a major issue. So I like to get that from people to see what they do, see if it's something I can. Well, I think that, you know, this is just my opinion. I'm not a psychologist or anything, mm -hmm. but it, and you know, for somebody, somebody might be going through something right now and they don't even realize that they're going through it. Right. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, starting the conversation. I think that if, you know, hopefully somebody's listening and they're like, you know, you know, maybe something's going on with me because, you know, maybe I'm drinking a lot more, maybe right. I'm sleeping a lot more, mm -hmm. maybe I'm angry all the time, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they don't know why. Right. You know, and right. hopefully that they can find out what's going on before it gets to the point where, hey, you know, maybe I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. You know, and um, just to bring awareness to it is an important part. You know, we can't fix a problem that we don't know is is going on. Right. So let's 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 get it out. Let's talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Let's let's you know what you were saying about having a conversation. I think if there was more people having conversations out there, I think that we wouldn't be in our current climate right now. Yes. You know, yeah. a lot of this can be solved with just having a conversation, yeah. you know, uh, just being able to communicate. And I think that we're really lacking that in um, just in general, you know, um, there's no communication. One side wants to be heard and they don't want to hear another side. You know, they just want to get their message out and it doesn't matter if their message is wrong, right. They, it's, they're one-sided. It's right. the, you know, you got to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, you want to be heard by another 
by somebody's side. You know, if if you're trying to communicate an issue and you're doing it in a reasonable manner where you're not hurting another person physically, you're not, you know, smashing somebody's window, you know, taking their stuff. I'll stand, I'll, I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with you. Right, right. You know, I'll listen to you. You know, if you want to affect change, let me know what the issue is. You right. know, I'll, uh, if it's, uh, you know, if something is wrong, I'll stand with you. Right. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's have yeah. a, a regular conversation. And even speaking of that, like the issues we, we have going on and, how I talked about before in my first, first, my intro episode, just the climate that we have going on in the country. A lot of people say, hey, it's just stuff. Stuff don't matter. Stuff that, and that, while that's fine and that's true and everything, do you really, do you think someone's going to listen to you if you keep tearing up their stuff? Right. So it, it, it just, like you said, it's not just conversation or communication is the comprehension aspect as well. Yeah, if if you're truly, and this is truly, and I don't want to vilify the people who are actually doing the right thing that are trying to raise awareness for a wrong that's been done, but if you truly have an issue that you want to bring to the forefront, smashing a guy's window out and taking his stuff, you've, you've lost that guy forever. Yeah. You may have the greatest... Intentions. Intentions, yep. right? Yeah. But... The guy who owned that building, who owned that shop, he's never, he's never going to see your side. Right. You know, and, 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 uh, and people who, who side with that business owner are never going to hear your side. Right. You know, and honestly, protesting is one thing. I'm with that. That's fine. I'm with, I'm hundred percent with that, but I feel like these, the other people are opportunists. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. They see, Oh, this the time to do it. This the time to get it done. Let's, let's, let's. Yeah. And I think it's our responsibility just the same way. It's everybody else's responsibility to see, you know, a bad officer doing a bad thing and not to vilify police departments as a whole. Mm -hmm. It's our responsibility to see rioters and looters and not vilify protesters exactly those right. are two separate things those, right those and so i think you know right. we have the inalienable right to protest and be heard but when it when they take it to that other level where it's smash and loot uh, you know your message is already lost you've already lost that that ability to communicate to anybody and um you know i it, it, it it's really you're losing more value for what the message is that you're trying to convey. To me, it feels like you're discounting the overall message of what people are trying to get across. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. You're making a real true issue just pale in comparison to stupidity. But let me let me ask you another question. So we, we spoke to that. Have you been anywhere, any particular calls? Like this goes to the where part um, as far as what's going on in the city right now? Um, I mean, we both worked that one Saturday on the task force. Yes. yes. Um, I, I don't know about you, but that day or that night that we worked um, was the worst day of my career. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, it wasn't the worst day of my career was the blizzard, but we can get into that later. But that, that was up there. That I mean, it was. If you can imagine working in actual Gotham City, yes, that's what it was like. With no chance of Batman or Superman coming to help, yes, 
that's what it was. It was truly. I told everybody that asked me. I said it was like a movie. It, it was like a movie, right? It it, it it was something. There were burning I never cars. Thought, yep. You know, see. it was it was. I you know, in my career, you know, we've both been on uh, the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst uh, day of my career, and for no other reason than you know, we've we've seen violence, we've seen everything else, but what I haven't seen one since I've been on is for me, I, I've never, this was the first time that I was out, um, on the lines with the police department and I felt unsafe. Yes. Here yeah. I am surrounded by hundreds of police officers and I feel unsafe. Yes. Didn't and, know any, somebody could throw a grenade at us or yeah. anything. And you know, yeah. it, it, we were getting thrown, you know, we were having battles thrown at us. We yep. were having M80s thrown into yep. the line. I mean, um, it, if at any point during that the riding, they could have overtaken us at will. It was just you know that they didn't. Yeah. And it, there wouldn't have been a single thing we could have done. You know, completely outnumbered. Um, you know, I I don't want to get into you know how I feel about the rest of that, but uh, just personally, it I I felt unsafe and I still had a job to do. Yes. You know, we, we still have people to take care of. Like you say, and, it di- and it flipped. didn't get it didn't get real until we started responding to shootings. Yeah, we we yeah, we went on a couple of those as well. So, yeah, that, that that's when I was like, we really are unsafe out here. Yes. You it, know, it was a very, very scary situation. And people, just regular people that you wouldn't think twice about walk down the street, look at you like, oh, man, what are they looking at us? Yeah. So, yeah. We, they 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 pulled the hose off our rig and we were as we were driving down the street and I had to jump off and just not pack it but put it back on top of the rig. I got half the crowd yelling at me. I got the other crowd cheering me and the police are just yelling. I, it, it it was you had to keep your head on a swivel for real. It was not fun. Yeah, that was a, a, a long night for sure. Yeah. It, right, that's the other thing that we came in and worked the entire time. Like at first, it was decent. Then after a while, I was like, "Oh boy, this is this is something else." So. Were, were you at the the fire at the camera show? Yes. At, yes. So did you actually talk to the old man who owned that place? I did. Yes. Wasn't that the saddest story ever? Yes, and he had that old camera in his hand. Right, the first uh, camera. For everybody who who doesn't know the story, the the guy who owned Central Camera, he, he had been there for. Three generations. 1899. 1899, yeah. I remember the sign saying. And so he lives across the street from Central Camera, and when the looting started, he went down and he he, he actually said, I wanted to hit them with my umbrella. Like these these rioters and looters, this old man wants to go down and hit them with the umbrella. So he goes down there and has their loot, physically still looting his store. He reaches in and he grabs an old camera. And what that camera represented was that was the first camera that his grandfather, who started Central Camera, which was a little like a block north of there yes, originally. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. He, that was the first camera that Central Camera ever sold. Yep. And so when his father took over the business, that camera mysteriously in an unmarked package came back to the store mm-hmm. and it said that, we wanted you guys to have this camera because mm-hmm. they knew that it was the first camera sold at Central Camera, yeah. and that's what he managed to grab. And so here's the old man. His, his while his 
building and all his merchandise are gone and burning, still burning at this still time. Still burning, yes. He, he's got a smile on his face, and he's like, we can rebuild, and he holds up the camera, and he's like, I still have this. Yep, that's what he said to me. Yeah, he is said, that amazing? He said, I still got the camera. He still has a camera. And then I was out on a little breather, getting ready to go back in to fight the fire some more, because that was a long fire. And he said, you be safe in there. That's, that, that like... <laughs> That was just that was so compassionate to hey. me that his stuff is virtually gone and he's telling me to be safe going in there. That, that well, was I so mean, awesome. what he said was all that stuff is just stuff. Yeah. You know, and um, here's like throughout this, you know, like we described that, you know, the worst day of my career. Here's this old man and he's making sense of this whole thing for me. Yep. You and know, like you said, he had a smile on his face. His family came to meet him. They just hung out. They didn't do anything yeah. crazy they weren't yelling they weren't screaming they were just there yeah. so it it, it it's kind of like the little silver lining in a horrible situation just his attitude and his demeanor yeah it was it was i, I can't describe how comforting it was to run into that old man after everything because you know we're down there and like we're on edge the whole time and this guy i meet this old man with a smile and he's telling me it's just stuff and i was like all right you know I'm back to reality, you know, I'm back to normal, you know. Right, right. Well, those all great things. Let me get to a few more of my questions in, in my little mini outline I have here. So about 10 years, let, can we talk a little bit about how you came into the field overall? Um, that's an interesting story. I don't I don't even think. Did I ever tell you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I was uh, actually bartending in Lincoln Park okay. and um, didn't have an idea what I wanted to do. And then just out of the whim, I was like, ah, I want to go be a paramedic. Okay. Didn't didn't know anything about it. I took a trip down to Malcolm X College and um, I just went up to found the, like, the EMS room or whatever. And I was just like, hey, I want to be a paramedic. They're like, uh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm like, I want to, you know, I was like, where do I sign up? I want to be a paramedic. They're like, well... You got to go to the EMT school first. You got to finish that. Then you can go to uh, paramedic school. And you got so I'm like, oh man. So I just that's kind of how it started. There was no like I didn't have any family on the job mm -hmm. or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, I, I had no aspirations of being a fireman either. I didn't know anything about it. You know, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until you know started doing my ride time and like started um, really getting into being a paramedic that. You know, I was like, hey, you know, let's let's check out what it's like to uh, be a fireman. Right. And, you know, like in my early years of um, being a paramedic, I would run into these amazing firemen, mm -hmm. you know, and we've had some amazing firemen on, on our own podcast. And when you hear these guys' stories, like the Kevin Casey's, right, you right. know, the, the Tim Walsh's and those guys, um, uh, you're like, man, I wonder what it'd be like to be a fireman back in those days, you know, because, yeah. you, you know, as a fireman yourself, you got to admit, like, these are different times in the fire department, Absolutely. you know, right. and those guys were more cowboys. And, you know, inherently that atmosphere was a lot less safe. Yeah. But w when you talk about how these guys went about their business, it wasn't as unsafe as anything else. You know, the, the just equipment has changed, uh, right. way we do structural firefighting has changed, but still you know um one of the quotes that that i remember when i was going to the academy you know 
um, the most important thing on that rig is having a set of balls, <laughs> you know, and that yeah. goes for men and women. Yep, that, that's, that's not a gender thing. And that's what we teach the girls that yeah. as well. The yeah. women as, uh, as well. And definitely those, those old timers like that, man, just to hear what like those guys were doing is, uh, you know, and you can't help but to want to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right. Cause they, they, they have some awesome stories and yeah, like we were saying on another episode, just listening to these people and getting to meet these people. It's like, sometimes they're bigger than life. Cause a lot of people look up to celebrities and people they see on TV, people they listen to in songs. For me, it's always people that actually have done something that yeah. I get the opportunity to hang around and learn stuff from. And not even like they're trying to teach me. It's just absorbing it. Yeah. I mean, we, we hold, like, celebrities and that in high regard for things that they pretend to do. Right, right. But you have, like, you know, all the guys in the military, all the people in the fire service, all the police officers that are out there living, like, and doing those, you know, there's undercover guys right now that, you know, are doing, like, crazy things that you they make TV shows out of, right, you know. And right. they make TV shows out of that stuff because it's ex- exciting and cool. But there's people who actually live that, you know. There's, like secret FBI agents doing crazy stuff. There's way, way deep undercover DEA guys that are like trying to infiltrate like cartels right now as we speak. Exactly. You know, and you know, we kind of like dismiss what those guys do, but a a celebrity who plays that guy Mm -hmm. gets all the accolades. Exactly. You know, you hit the nail on the head. So let's talk about a few more things. So we, we got all those great questions um, we kind of already know that one. Let's talk a little bit about the podcast. Okay. So tell tell me about Chicago's Bravest. So Chicago's Bravest Stories is a podcast uh, me and a couple other buddies uh, started a little over a year ago. Um, it's kind of taken off and it's kind of given us, given us the opportunity to sit down and really like selfishly have a drink and talk to some amazing people who've had some amazing stories. Um, you know, one of our uh, our second guests actually was Father Tom Mulcrone, who was our chaplain for the Chicago Fire Department for, right. you know, 37 years, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and just to be able to, you know, sit down and hear stories straight from his mouth. And, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to do this when I was kicking this idea around, I was like... Um, I shopped it around the, you know, regular guys, uh, wherever I would, you know, if I was detailed somewhere, I toss it out to these guys. And, you know, at my house, I was like, what if you were able to hear some of the stories that we've all heard about in the firehouse and, you know, that we talked about or a story that you would sit down at the kitchen table and, you know, over a cup of coffee, you'd, you know, hear from some of the guys, you know, if that was recorded and you could listen to that in your car on the way to work or on the way home or something, would that be something that would interest you? And everybody's like, yeah, I would love to hear that. Yeah. yeah. And so we just wound up finding a, a lot of people who had amazing stories. You know, we, one of our, actually our very first guest was a guy from your truck, you know, yep, Jeff, Jeff Rich. Rich. Yep. And you know, we didn't have any clue of what we were doing. And I, um, you know, called up Jeff and I'm like, Hey, you know, we're thinking about doing this podcast. Would you come on and tell us about, you know, the day you fell out the window? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it for you. And yeah, I remember that, you remember know, that and I was like, it, it was like amazing. And thank you, Jeff, um, for doing that because without Jeff, like we wouldn't have started a podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. You know? So it's just stuff like that, you know, and like, uh, 
it, and uh, the feedback we've we've gotten from that one in particular is like, you know, um, people take a lesson from that, you know, like, um, you know, Jeff fell out a window and he explained why. And, you know, uh, a lot of people are going to, um, you know, said that, you know, hey, you know, I'm not going to stand up. You know when I'm right. You, it, here's, you can't see. Yeah, right? you can't see. The shouldn't floor. be. Shouldn't be standing up. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, it was by no fault of Jeff's. And you know, admittedly, Jeff said, you know, I, when my mask came off and uh, you know, I stood up to to fix it and I was gonna stick my head out the window. He's like, you know, I I made a mistake. Yep. And yep. um, it's uh, you know, it just goes to show you know, what a great and humble guy Jeff is. And you know, he had a bad experience, but thank God he came out on the other side, like pretty much unharmed yeah. um, for, you know, falling out the second window, <laughs> landing yeah. on his pack on yeah. top of an air conditioner. Exactly. Um, but we've had, uh, you know, uh, like we talked about, we had Kevin Casey, who was um, uh, one of the actors in backdraft yep. and we've all know that he was in it and like, but we never knew like, Hey, how did you get that? How did you get that gig? Yeah, yeah. How did you wind up on there? Yeah. And if you know anything about that man in particular, that at that portion of his life beyond backdrop is nothing compared to what his real life is. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yes. We've, we've had many conversations and he, didn't remember me the first few times, but I said, every time you talk to me, you know, he's like, okay, next time I see you, I'll remember you. <laughs> and he did remember because we were in the same battalion. So, right. That's, but he's, he's an awesome man. Very real pleasure to meet him. And that episode was great. And we had him um come in and talk to the candidates and yeah. kind of give them the same. Yeah. Same if, stuff. if you're a candidate in the Chicago fire department, you have that man come in and give yeah. you a, a pep talk. I mean, you know, you should go grab an axe and just start chopping things yeah. at that academy. Yeah, <laughs> you, awesome you know, and what's so funny is he came and you know we said backdraft and and now it's like the kids don't even know what backdraft is. Which it's crazy, is, right? Which is interesting. It's just it's just something else. So if you well, want to be a fireman, especially if you get hired in Chicago, your homework is to watch backdraft. It should be not backdraft two though. No, that nope. that was. <laughs> That was the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Yes. What is up with that movie? And somebody paid for that, too. I remember a guy saying, I paid to see it, then I saw it on Netflix. Oh, I'm like, sorry they should, they should, Somebody should give that guy his money back. Yeah. Because yeah. he definitely got cheated. Th that was <laughs> He that got was, beat out of some money. Yes. That was bad <laughs> business. But another thing that you made me remember when you were talking about Jeff, we had another guy in the house. He fell as well on the same shift. On the engine, on 96, he fell down the elevator shaft and caught the hose. Um, he didn't die, but when he fell um, through his medical evaluation, he found out he had cancer. I mean, is it safe to say that if he hadn't fallen down that shaft? He would not have known. He would not have known. That is correct. That is crazy, huh? That is correct. I mean, if you're not a spiritual guy before that happens, you got you got to be one after, right? Yeah, that'll, that'll make you. So, <laughs> that'll yeah. make you. And yeah, another another real good guy. That that whole house is just full of great people. But they both happened on the same shift, and yeah, you know we you don't want to say it's good he fell, right? But it, it is good he fell. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know something something made that happen, right? You so, know somebody something had a a bigger plan for him, exactly. So, but you know, and and our podcast. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, we don't just have firemen and stuff with Chicago police or um, Chicago fire department, but, you know, we had Lieutenant John Garrido on. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, did you listen to that one? About, I didn't catch that one. Oh, yet, you no. got to talk. Because the story he told about this guy who tried to kill him. Okay. 
I mean, I'm sitting over there and I was just like, what just happened? Yeah. You know, it just, and he's just matter of fact, telling us a story about, you know, this guy standing over him, trying to shoot him with his own gun. And I was holy just like, holy shit. Yeah. But, you know, we've had the, um, like two weeks ago, a woman jumped in the Chicago river and pulled a guy out and, um, she winds up being a retired jet fighter for, um, the Navy and we had her on. Okay. And so, you know, it's like, we're kind of just like chasing these stories and, um, we've just managed to get a hold of some really amazing people. Um, our roll calls that we do are 30 minutes. They're just like the shorter ones, but our ins, but when we have like our in-studio guests, we'll go deep, you know, we'll spend a lot of time and, you know, we'll get to know him or her. And then, you know, we'll get to the story and then just kind of, you know, we'll we'll have a couple drinks and just really dive in. We dive in deep. Yeah. You guys do an awesome job. That's why I say this. When I ask you to have your to, to borrow some of your time, I say, would you do such a good job interviewing everybody else? One time, somebody <laughs> has to turn it back. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm not used to being on this side of the microphone. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's all good. I, I'm just trying to get to a quarter as of as good as you are. So it's just you got to get your reps in. Yep, just yep. like anything just else. Just like anything else. Yes. Right. Got to get out there and start doing it. So that's what I got homework for myself now. I just wrote down. I got to listen to that to that episode. I listened to a lot of the other ones, but I want to listen to that one. So yeah. I guess maybe I move Icebreaker to the front. But right now I have like two decks. Okay. Um, we're only going to use this one because this one we're going to do when we have more people. Okay. But we're going to do the icebreaker deck. All right. Lay it on me. So you pick a random card. They go in different orders, like different colors are different, different things. Like okay. this color is deep. Okay. We have deep. We have. Well, let's just go blind luck. Okay. Let's just go blind. You pick one. Then I'll pick one. We'll talk about it for a while and then we'll. All right. Here we go. All right. If you oh, if you could uh, here can can you read it? Yep, I'm having a hard time. No it's problem. Too dark in here. Yeah, if you could, that's the the title. Oh, if okay. you could arm wrestle any historical figure, who would you choose and why? Historical figure. Historical figure. Um, oh, man, that is such a that's a crazy that question. That's such an abstract yeah. question. Um, I. Because I was originally, I was gonna originally say that I would arm wrestle Kevin Casey because he because <laughs> he arm wrestled Mr. T in a competition. Right. I heard that story before. So too. when I heard arm wrestling, but then it's like any historical figure, like because be I could Chicago actually history. I could actually go to Kevin Casey and, and he would arm wrestle if I asked him. Yes. you know I'll be like, hey, uh, let's have a beer and arm wrestle. And arm wrestle. Done. Let's take pictures of it. <laughs> That'd be a done deal. Yeah. But if I, I want to like go deep into this card. Um, I don't know. I probably want to wrestle somebody like Abe Lincoln because he was. Oh my God! That's exactly who the first person that popped into me? my head. <laughs> that was the first person. That yeah, popped into isn't my it, head. isn't that weird? Like, uh, like, because you think about him with his sleeves rolled up yes. and how he. Yeah, I'm gonna wrestle the shit out of Abe Lincoln. That is exactly <laughs> who I thought of, and and I don't know why I thought of you. Ever, you watch Rick and Morty? You ever seen Rick and Morty? Yeah. The card? Yeah. So they have the Abe Lincoln Hitler person. That's the same thing. <laughs> And I wanted to arm wrestle that cartoon, oh. Abraham Lincoln. Um, That's crazy. Adolf Hitler. One. I can't believe we both wanted to arm wrestle Abe Lincoln. Oh, man. What does that say about Abe Lincoln? I, I don't know. That's a good question. 
Now, now I picked a card for myself. Okay. And I'm gonna have to pick another card because mm. can you read that one or is it still too dark? Um, what's the best job? Yeah, that, what's the best job? We already you know ever what had. the best yeah, job you ever had. The, yeah, right. So I Just pick throw that card one. out of there. <laughs> There's only one best job in the world, right? Okay, random. Um, you're at a cafe. What type of drink do you order? Ooh. Oh, um, it's a regular cafe is this like a fancy cafe or just I'm, I I'm out. It's like a drink cafe, like an alcohol cafe. Oh, or a, like a coffee or. A, yeah, because I'm not a big. Well, I think we got. I think we got to make the distinction. Is this like early morning? Like we're, you know, or are we having? What's you know, say? it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so. And then um, for us, to me, every day is Friday. Well, so then, uh, if I'm going to go with, like, actual cocktail drink, I think um, I probably, you know, I, I'm a big whiskey drinker. Okay. But if I'm going to have a cocktail, I'll probably have, uh, at that time, uh, probably a Jameson and ginger ale. Okay. I like that. You know? With that. Um, what would it be for me? Um, well... They discontinued it. Maybe this can make it come back. But Buffalo Wild Wings had this um, cherry, black cherry limeade drink that was delicious. And that's not alcoholic. That sounds like trouble. It is. It's it's sugar. It's sweet. I've got a problem with sugar. And, sweet. <laughs> and then I'm more I like um, whiskey and bourbons and more dark, more tannins. Yeah. So usually anything neat or with one of those big whiskey rocks. So Red Breast, um, our president introduced me, our union president really? introduced me to that because we were in the same battalion before as well and on the same shift, and that's my guy. And um, well, We should have said first, Repo- first Responder Brew by Lake Effect Brewery. That's, oh, you know what? I, that's the first one I've had. <laughs> so... I, I, I want to. It's for a good cause. Yes, I'm, it's I'm for with a good that. Cause. I'm with that. We 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 amp that one up. So yeah. that'll be the the drink of the podcast. Sounds good. Okay. Well, I, I went through my whole little outline. I got you a little bit over time, but I appreciate right. you speaking to me and well, helping me out. And you know, we're trying to build something here, and I really yeah. Appreciate I you I just want to you know congratulate you and thank you at the same time for you know, signing on with fire and iron media. It means a lot to have, you know, you with us. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm got, um, high hopes for what we got going on here, man. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future for us. Me too. So congratulations. Thank Thank you, buddy. Department 3C presents a podcast is a Fire and Iron media production. You've got something to say and people want to listen.